Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Beginning today in chapter 18 of the book of Matthew. In verse 1 we read, In that hour the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now the apostles obviously had discussions among themselves, or perhaps uh, in their own heads, but as to which of them was the main man around town? Well, at least second to Jesus. One could only wish that such thoughts didn't enter the minds of men in full-time ministry. However, verse 2 says, Jesus called a little child to himself, and he set him in the middle of them. Now, Jesus should have just answered, the greatest? Well, that would be me. But Jesus had a more humbling message for these boys, a teaching moment, if you will, that would have eternal ramifications. One that would, frankly, fit well with Peter's lesson at the end of the last chapter. Now, this is a lesson that we all would be well to learn. Verse 3 says, And said, Most certainly I tell you, unless you turn and become as little children, you will in no way enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whoever therefore humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now make no mistake here, Jesus isn't insinuating that we live our spiritual lives in immaturity or with a lack of serious attention to the very adult warfare that we face as believers. This is an issue of pride versus humility that's on the table here. He first reminds them that such a journey must begin with conversion. Now after such a turn, we must become like a child in our approach to God and others. He uses some language very carefully here, and specifically, I'm sure, he knew that in our natural state, especially our pre-spiritual birth state, that we are anything but childlike. So humility was the issue. But why like a child? Well, child is not threatening, nor is a child very good at deception. Mostly, no doubt, because a child exists with a father or faith with his father that is, quite frankly, unparalleled in the adult world. A child will leap off a ladder without a second's warning, without anything more than a quick, catch me, daddy. And he'll jump without any doubt that his dad will catch him. Do you trust your Heavenly Father to catch you? The humility of a child. There is your greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5 goes on saying, Whoever receives one such little child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, well, it would be better for him if a huge millstone were hung around his neck and that he was sunk in the depths of the sea. Now Jesus turns the table, takes a look at things from the other direction. 
What about our dealing with such gentle children of faith? Jesus likens it to our dealing with chronological children. Our Lord's protective attitude seems to be equal on both accounts. Jesus stands in a protective position between these children, quote-unquote, and those who would attempt to hurt them. He tells us that to receive one of these is the same as receiving him personally. But to cause one to stumble? Well, that's a sentence of death to the offender. The millstone to which Jesus refers to is not a small rock, but rather a grinding stone large enough to require a donkey or an ox to operate. Jesus was as emphatic as possible for a mankind that seems so slow to understand. I believe that we would be surprised as to the ramifications and the very real guilt that many of us carry in causing other people around us to stumble. Often we can do so even while operating in complete and blind love. Verse 7 says, Woe to the world because of occasions of stumbling. For it must be that the occasions come, but woe to that person through whom the occasion comes. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. Cast it from you. For it's better for you to enter into life maimed or crippled rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the eternal fire. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. Cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into Gehenna of fire. See that you don't despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels will always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. Now Jesus always believed and taught that something as extreme as sin needed radical measures to bring it to an end. After all, what could be more radical than the cross? Now, Jesus is certainly not suggesting herein that we begin to cut off offending body parts. This is uh, and a hyperbole, no doubt. And the reason I say that is sin has its root in the heart and the mind. And those things would continue to sin even without the body, if need be. He's operating in the realm of serious action needed for a serious issue. Now, the excuses that we offer to defend our continuing in sin, well, they are many. In any worldly application, these excuses would seem trite and almost darkly comical. Yet the truth of the matter is that so often we just love our sin more than we love God. We, as a greater church, rarely access the real power of God available to us to overcome the bondage that sin has in our lives. Real repentance, a mandatory part of salvation, by the way, requires a turning away from sin as well as a turning toward the receiving of blessing and joy. Now, often, we want the latter without exercising the former. We must realize that salvation is not an addition to our lives. It is a new life altogether. God is not interested in remodeling, rather complete demolishing and rebuilding. That is why many of you seem almost unrecognizable today to your old friends back in the world. 
Such radical action, well, is seldom accepted. We instead look for some perceived magic percentage, if you will, of godliness versus worldliness. But let's face it, Jesus is asking us to do the hard thing. To cut off certain elements in our lives that cause us to sin, even if they are not sin in and unto themselves specifically. Often it is this action that stands between us and a real life of practical holiness. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.